Hey, everyone. Welcome to Locked on Lakers for Tuesday. Brian Kamenetsky and Andy Kamenetsky. The Lakers are getting ready for a, I'm call it a must-win game in Houston, Andy, on Tuesday night. But it's a damn important one, to say the least. Uh, Russell Westbrook defends himself. The coaching staff defends Russell Westbrook. And meanwhile, people are floating Russell Westbrook trades on the internet. Uh, we'll talk about that and more on today's episode of Locked on Lakers. You are Locked on Lakers. Your daily Los Angeles Lakers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Want to thank everybody for making Locked On Lakers your first listen of every day, Monday through Friday. We get this thing posted. You find it wherever you get your podcasts. Get it up as early as we possibly can so you can listen to it whenever you need it. Uh, I want to let you know that today's episode is brought to you by Truebill. Truebill is the new app that saves you money by helping you identify and stop paying for the subscriptions you don't want or need and can even negotiate better deals on those you want to keep. Um, so uh, we talked at length on Monday, Andy, about Russell Westbrook and the Christmas Day disaster, um, hit one shot in the second half and route to a four for 20 um, day overall, missed a bunch of critical shots inside and had a terrible defensive lapse against Patty Mills late. It was a really bad game for Russ. Um, fans, to say the least, not happy um, and expressed that both on the Locked on Lakers uh, comments page, uh, Locked on Lakers you know, uh, on YouTube. Which is and, always appreciated, uh, by the way. Oh, yeah, no. Uh, not by Russ in this particular case. No, but, uh, well, he doesn't get a vote. No, but in terms of uh, for, for us, we appreciate the uh, the comments. Certainly at Cam Brothers on Twitter. Um, and I don't know if this was just perfectly timed for us or whatever. It led to, and today we saw, Tuesday or Monday, we saw a bunch, couple things. One from Kevin O'Connor. Uh, at the ringer one from Sam Quinn at CBS kind of discussing the concept of like what the Lakers can do about Westbrook to try to fix what isn't working. Um, and both of them floated trading him for John wall. So John wall for Russell Westbrook became a thing on social media that was trending. And, you know, uh, it just gives you an idea of how crazy things are right now. And the level of frustration um, because that is desperate times call for desperate measures stuff. John Wall for Russell Westbrook part due, because if you yes. recall, they have actually been traded for each other. That is how Russell Westbrook ended up in D.C. and John Wall ended up in Houston. I guess eventually what would happen is the Lakers would send John Wall back to D.C. and the whole thing will come full circle. Russ will eventually end up back in Oklahoma City. And the Lakers can be uh, part of facilitating that history. He can, he can retire a Thunder. Yeah, exactly. Um, that is bizarre on a few levels. First of all, uh, many of the issues that you have with Russell Westbrook are the same issues that you have with John Wall. That is in part the reason why they have been traded for each other, is that in certain respects, you just feel like you are getting maybe a different, more specifically better version of the guy that you already have. Um, it also speaks to the desperation that Laker fans, I guess now increasingly a little bit of NBA media, is feeling with this situation or just feeling like they want to throw some bleep against the wall and see what sticks 
because there is no, at this point, tangible evidence that John Wall is a healthy basketball player. And well, in Lakers, part, it's not his fault. The Rockets uh, won't let whatever, him play. Whatever. No, you're right. They, nobody's seen him. Right. You need to actually see the guy play. Um, but it speaks to just where this thing is right now, if nothing else, in terms of overall sentiment with Russell Westbrook, that people feel like, you know what? Maybe a better route for the Lakers would be to trade Russell Westbrook for a guy that's very similar to Russell Westbrook and actually more injury prone. Let's do this. Yeah, I mean, look, the, the, the only argument you can make for that is, you know, John Wall is a clutch guy. So in theory, they know how healthy he is. I mean, I mean, I'm just... I'm not advocating. I'm not Andy. I'm sure. not advocating. I'm for just it. gonna say right now. I'm not always convinced that clutch. Does, what the hell are you doing with you? <laughs> what are you doing? Right wiping now? off my my camera. It was okay. blurry. I don't. I'm not always convinced that clutch works, uh, specifically with the Lakers in ways that are always best for the Lakers, and that's a discussion for another day. Yes, uh, <laughs> but. I mean, it would be convenient for Rich Paul if, like, all of his clients were one place. Like, you know, if he's trying to have a business launch. No, I, I, I for sure. <laughs> it's commuting times <laughs> and all that. Yeah, you know, you save on you save on that. It, it's it's one. It's it's something that, like, the basketball aspect of it is. It's first of all, it's not going to happen because um, there is no incentive for the Rockets to make that deal. Um, they could, the Lakers, you know, they could make the Lakers throw in, you know, the first couple first round picks that they could do it. They could, they could, they could make it so, you know, painful if the Lakers were that desperate to get rid of, but like John wall, isn't enough of a solution that the Lakers are just gonna be like, yes, we'll do whatever you need. Just give us that. You know, so we can get like, it's just, it's, it's not a practical thing where, where I think it's interesting though, is this arguments about Russ and like, yeah, we said a, you know a bunch of times like you know R Russell Westbrook's not coming off the bench he's not going to you know not finish fourth quarters he's not going to do all this stuff and you know we we're seeing you know, we call them by f a fair margin the second best player that the Lakers have available and again you go to to Monday's YouTube page and it's you know uh People railing on that concept, calling Malik Monk significantly better than than Russell Westbrook, saying that you know by what measurement is Russ the the second best player on this team? And it's like people stop. I get the frustration. What's fascinating about this to me, though, Andy, and it gets a little bit to, to comments that Westbrook had today that uh, kind of defending himself that David Fisdale had both after Sunday's game or Saturday's game and, and Monday at practice defending Westbrook. He's kind of doing exactly what you would want him to do in the way that you would want him to do it. Uh, Kevin O'Connor wrote about this at the ringer. His usage rate is way down. Um, his three pointers are way down. His shooting is almost, you know, half, half of it comes at the rim and probably half of the other half comes at that elbow, you know, for that bank jumper that he likes so much. He's, he's he is playing like the responsible version of Russell Westbrook that everyone hoped he would be coming into the year. I don't know if that's helpful, but it's kind of true. Yeah, I mean, there was the, there was the question heading into the season. I know it's something you and I talked about a lot uh, before things began of just like the idea of how much can Russell Westbrook 
actually adjust his game? How much is he capable of it? How much is he willing to do it? How much should the Lakers want him to actually do it? And he's been making, I think, some adjustments around the margins. But, you know, on balance, he is basically being Russell Westbrook. And to some degree, he has to be Russell Westbrook. Otherwise, the Lakers are trading for somebody different. If that's the case, they should have just traded for somebody different as opposed to arguably the most complicated player in the entire freaking league to uh, blend into your team. As I've said many times, Russell Westbrook is probably the least blendable player in the NBA. He is the least subtle player in the NBA. And he had a quote during Monday's practice where, you know, talking about where, how he's been playing this year. And he said, honestly, I think I've been fine. The conversation has been heavily on how I'm playing, what I'm doing, but I think people are expecting me to have bleeping 25, 15, and 15, which is not normal. Everyone has to understand, like, that is not a normal thing that people do consistently. And while I think Russ is wrong in terms of why people are criticizing his play, I don't think it has a thing to do with his stats other than shooting percentages. I think it does speak to fundamentally Russell Westbrook sees himself as the best barometer for what he's doing on the court mm-hmm. and, and really the best evaluator of what makes Russell Westbrook Russell Westbrook and whether or not he's fitting in and carrying the load for whatever team he plays for. Uh, to and, your point, yeah, to your point, he says, people are saying, let Russ be Russ. I think nobody understands what that means. I think people just say, it, let Russ be Russ, but nobody actually knows what that means but myself. And I'm going to lean on that and make sure I do what I'm supposed to do and let everything outside the locker room, whatever that may be, take care of itself. And he talks about what I do is I play my ass off. That's what I do. Yeah. And, the, you know, let's let's stick on this for a second because the fit question and that question of like, what does it mean to let Russ be Russ? And what does it mean if Russ is different than what Russ would be? And also, too, yeah, go ahead. Really quick, what he's being asked to do by his coaches, um, you know, and his teammates, I guess, to some degree, but also specifically the coaches, Mm -hmm. because that is also something that came up during this conversation that I think fits into the whole let Russ be Russ. What does that even mean? Question that, that was addressed during Monday's practice. All right, we'll do all that next. Locked on Lakers brought to you by Truebill. Do you know why free trials were new without your consent? It's a business scam out to get you. Don't let greedy corporations pocket your money. Download Truebill to take control of your subscriptions. Truebill is the new app that helps you identify and stop paying for subscriptions you don't want, need, or just forgot about. On average, people save up to $720 a year with Truebill. Companies purposely make subscriptions such as a hassle to cancel, but Truebill makes it incredibly simple. Just link your accounts and Truebill will cancel the unwanted subscriptions in one tap. Truebill has over 2 million users and they have helped them save collectively over $100 million. So don't fall for subscription scams. Start canceling today at Truebill.com slash LockedOnNBA. Go right now, Truebill.com slash LockedOnNBA. It could save you thousands a year. Truebill.com slash LockedOnNBA. Westbrook, you know, kind of alluded to, you know, the idea that everybody expects him to average a triple double and this. And I don't, I agree with you. I don't think that's like when you look at like fan reaction or media reaction, I actually don't think that's what people are expecting. I don't think this is a, a, a look at Westbrook statistics. No, we, um, we hear Brian from a lot of Laker fans through a lot of different avenues. And we've heard a lot of complaints about Russell Westbrook. Not a single one of them has been, we were promised triple doubles, damn it, as an average, right. and we have not gotten that. Right. And, look, and 
And and in theory, the best of Westbrook from a statistical perspective, at least, is still to come because this has been his pattern over the course of his career. He gets better as seasons go along, certainly over the last few years. But it's 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 fit. And you know, this it's such a fascinating question to me when you whenever you have a player like Westbrook, when you acquire somebody like Westbrook, he's not a first year player, second year player, third year. The guy has been in the league for over a decade. It is very well established what Russell Westbrook is. And so this idea that like he's capable of being something else, that Russell that, that Westbrook could play in a in a very different fashion. He's, you know, really it just seems so strange to me that you would even consider that as something that is an, a viable option. I, I to some degree, I, I I do empathize a little bit with what that even means. When you know, letting Russ be Russ, I I don't know what people would expect him to do other than iron out your worst tendencies, try to be responsible about your best ones, and that's it. And I I I think he's like I said, I think he's kind of trying to do that in in an in a in a relatively effective way. The problem is Russell Westbrook being Russell Westbrook just is an awkward fit with this team. It just is. And it's not yeah. solving the issues that the Lakers, to this point, it is not solving the issues that the Lakers hoped his presence would solve. Yeah, I mean, I, I think it's frustrating for fans when they watch this because while he is trying to be, res- I think, and has been more responsible in certain respects offensively when it comes to shot selection and being a little more judicious on that front, not keeping the ball in his hands constantly, mm-hmm. you are at times seeing you know, the erratic finishes and the bad decisions with the ball in terms of really avoidable turnovers. And then there's also a responsibility that people were hoping to see more from defensively, which just not has that has not been there even remotely on a regular basis. I mean, acknowledging Russell Westbrook has never been a good defender, maybe in his career, certainly not for a long time. I think for a little while he had a reputation uh, defensively, just because he played so hard and he's so athletic, right? And but, he, you know, it's a bit you know could hawk for steals and he, right, you know, jump but, passing lanes and whatever. Right. But the the truth is, though, he's not been a good defender in quite some time. Ever. But <laughs> right, and in that respect, any improvements or sort of overall awareness, uh, we talked about the Patty Mills fiasco um, earlier in the show and and in Monday's show, stuff like that feels like Russ simply being stubbornly Russ in terms of Russ being Russ. No, not to me. And well, I, and I, and I will say, and I will say, cause I don't think it's conscious. I don't think he's, you know, being inattentive defensively to try to prove a point. I don't no, think but, he's, I, I but think it's consciously it is, look, man, it's conscious in the sense of you're being told to do something. You've been in the league long enough to know to do it. I don't you're think smart enough to understand it all. No, but it's, I disagree. Andy, the, the muscle memory of how guys play defense and how they do stuff is built up over time. And the idea that at 33, the Lakers could get Westbrook to do things defensively that, you know, he's, you know, that he's never really seemed capable of doing or, you know, never really done defensively to me is more of a problem with the Lakers. And I don't think he's stubbornly refusing to try to follow their defensive principles. I I don't think he's, I I disagree. I just, I don't think he, I don't think it matters. I don't think he has, it does matter because whether he's doing it willfully versus doing it because he's not 
you know, just not, he doesn't have, it has never been expected of him to do it or you hasn't been expected I, of him in a long enough time to me makes a difference. Well, you I, can, I, I understand what you're saying that it may not matter in the end result. No, I'm but in saying terms actually, of the, no, what I'm yeah, saying go, is yeah, go ahead. Russell Westbrook has been in the league long enough to know, to pay attention to the guy you're supposed to be marking. And when he drifts off from some other guy, that's stubbornness, man. That's you stubbornly not paying attention to the things you're supposed to be doing. I'm sorry, but it is. That's but not, you're, but again, you're that's implying gambling it's, it's for a a will, To what end? You think he's trying to sabotage? No, the I don't think he's. Just, sometimes you're stubborn without even knowing it. You get you get entrenched in stances and things like that. But he is a smart enough, bright enough guy to be thinking about stuff if he really wants to think about it. And I think for a lot of games, he tries real hard and does and doesn't lose principles. And then in too many moments as he has throughout his entire freaking career. You this isn't the first. This isn't the first time that he's played on competitive teams. Look. This, but my point is, it's like you can only ask for so much in his how he's going to play offensively, and you can only expect so sure. much in terms of how he's going to play defensively. And mm -hmm. I wish he were better, but if you didn't expect Westbrook to have to be a guy who was going to have these kinds of breakdowns defensively, the guy who was going to make these kinds of mistakes defensively, and some of his defensive numbers, when you go when you go through the Krangis numbers and all that, they're not all terrible. Um, okay, some of them, are, but like if you didn't expect some of this to happen, the problem was on you, not sure. Russ. I, you can be silly in your expectations while Russ is still being wrong. It's not an either or. I no, I agree. I I he I, he, I wish he were better. Um, right, but I'm just saying I just, I both just, none of this surprises be, me. I'm not saying it should surprise you. I'm just saying whether it surprises you or not in certain respects is irrelevant. What he's doing is what he's doing. Whether you expected him to do it or not is a separate issue. So ultimately, I, I, you know, this the, the level of frustration that you could feel from Westbrook, um, who wants really really badly to be to play well uh to meet expectations he knows that if the lakers season flames out and it's 16 and 18 it ain't all his fault but they are on a road towards flaming out um that this is going to be a massive knock on his career because right now you know you've seen the memes i saw another one today of like Russ as the Grim Reaper, and he, you know, he's killed Kevin Durant, and he's killed John Wall, and he's killed, you know, you know, every star that he's played with suffers and dies next to Russell Westbrook in one way, shape, or form, and LeBron is next. He is very, I mean, as much as we talk about how Westbrook um, doesn't give a bleep what you think, how he dresses, all this other stuff, he's certainly very aware of it. Um, and has a ton of professional pride in what he is, and he's one of the 75 best players of all time, and he deserves to be in there. He's a Hall of Famer. Um, how you find a place where Westbrook can be maximized and the fit can be figured out and all this other stuff is the key because like, Russ, in the end, needs to be right because he's incapable of being anything else. Sure. And... I, you know, I guess he can define it better than everyone else. 
and the Lakers to the, you know, well, he clearly the thinks coaching, he can define it better than everybody the else. The coaching staff said try so. to, yeah, the guide it as much as, as they can. And, and Russ definitely, I'm not disagreeing with you, needs to be open minded about cutting without the ball and all this. And, it, and I think he's trying like on that kind of stuff. It just ultimately comes down to like the Lakers did something here with Westbrook that the the possibility of it not working was always a massive one. Of course. And it doesn't mean it still can't work. But like overcoming this stuff was always going to be hard. Sure. But my concern, though, especially after hearing Russ and, and I, I encourage people to go to Lakers.com. You can find the video from this practice. My concern in particular, and I hadn't really had this concern until this particular practice and Russ talking about Russ being Russ and, and specifically being asked um, about some of the messaging that he hears from Frank Vogel or then David Fisdale, you know, like the idea of Russ has got to be uh, Here's aggressive all the time. He hears, he's right, got to be it for you know, LeBron. Sure. Right. He's got to, you know, the ball finds energy. Sometimes, the you know, he's got to be looking for the open man. The, that's the most valuable guy. And like stuff that could seem contradictory and the way russ answered this it sounded to me like he was acknowledging it was contradictory to me it ultimately felt like russ is like i'm done with the noise and i'm going to go out there and i'm going to be me and i have concerns now that the more russ hears this stuff the more entrenched he's going to come in his stance of i'm going to do it my way double middle fingers to anybody who says i'm doing it the wrong way that's my concern from sure. this. And I hadn't had this, I had not had this concern really before today. As much as I've recognized uh, some of the stubborn tendencies that Russ has, I have not had that particular concern until this one, until this day. I, the, well, the part that I, you know, to your point, and you were saying, you know, I'm hearing this and I hear, you know, Frank and I hear from Fizz and, you know, the players to the question was asking, you know, saying, players, he was literally LeBron. laughing at the question when it was brought right, up. Right. Because he's like, heard, because he's heard it so many times. That see, I took it. I took it as him laughing at. I get what you're asking me, and it is kind of ridiculous. All the different mixed messaging that I hear. I hear. I took it as that. I took it as I've heard 800 different versions of this question from the minute I got here. How are you fitting in? What are you being doing? Are you being allowed to be yourself? Are you being like? There's. I agree with you. Go back and listen to it. It's 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 a really interesting moment. I think you know when we'll link it for show media. It's. The, the the part that I would love to know, there are two things, a couple of things I would love to know. There are actually a lot of things I would love to know. What is he, you know, what is he being told to do by the coaching staff? Um, I mean, kind of guess. And then what does he, like, if he thinks things are contradictory, what, do, what does he think is contradictory? Because, you know, when we were talking about this before the show, for example, you know, being told to attack all the time and being told to be aggressive off the ball, cutting, those are not, those are not two things that are are incompatible with each other um you know that those are not contradictory um move aggressively without the ball is a form of attacking like that's sure. being aggressive all that and so like that's the sort of the mixed messaging if he's well, if he feels like he's getting mixed messages from the coaching staff i would love to know about what um is it they've lost five in a row and if they lose Tuesday night against Houston, it's going to feel like Armageddon. And, you know, because the Rockets, despite their little run there, are not a good team. And the frustration level with everyone is incredibly high. And Westbrook is coming off arguably his worst game of the season. 
if they can win a few games, it always die, you know, kind of helps this chatter go down. But this this was always the kind of the parallel universe that was possible over the last couple seasons of what happens if these Lakers don't win. And we are seeing what it looks like now. Um, definitely a story to follow. Um, we got some really interesting questions. The other thing that's been going on is David Fisdale has been coaching this team instead of Frank Vogel and the Lakers haven't won. Um, we got some really interesting uh, questions at Kamenetskybrothers at gmail.com, which is another way people can get a hold of the show um, about Vogel and about Fisdale. We'll talk about that next. Locked on Lakers brought to you by Bet Online. Bet Online has you covered this holiday season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before as football continues. It's March of the college bowl seasons and the pro football playoffs. Bet Online remains your number one spot for all the sports action this season. Head to the website, use your mobile device, sign up today, receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use the promo code Locked On to receive said bonus from football basketball, NHL, boxing, UFC, right down to your favorite Vegas casino games. Don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2021 season. Bet online is the fastest, easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports, so don't wait to take advantage of all the new amazing offers available. Bet online where the games start. Really quick, Brian, before we get into this question um, that was posed to us about uh, huh? Fizdale and Vogel, there was a stat that I wanted to bring up that actually I think I have not done all the digging on it, but I think also gets uh, to the Russ thing and the offense in general. You and I had been talking offline about the offense and the issues that it's been having of late. And you pointed out that three-point shooting had fallen to 21, uh, 21st in the league over the last 15 games, which sounds bad, except the actual percentage during that period uh, when we had talked about this was 34%, which is basically identical to their season averages and also each month individually, like in their splits, it's like maybe where they rank in the NBA has fluctuated a little bit, but not much. But basically, it's been pretty consistent. So you and I were like trying to figure out, OK, then what may account for this in terms of some of the offensive issues? So my immediate reaction was, OK, it's got to be the percentages from two, maybe specifically at the rim. Um, but then I looked those up, too. And again, cursor, I didn't go as deep into the numbers as I could have. But basically about the same month to month. And they haven't even been turning over the ball a whole lot more during this period. And I mean, the Lakers just turn the ball over constantly. So I guess for better or for worse, that sort of stays the same. Here is a discrepancy, though, that I did find that depending on how you look at it, I think will maybe uh, fans could find some reassurance in it because it is within the Lakers control or it's going to piss fans off even more because it is within their control. Free throws. When I looked this up, the mm -hmm. Lakers were on the season 21.9 free throw attempts per game. Uh, they were 72%, 72.5, 29th in the NBA. Not great, but 72.5. Over the last 15 games, 22.9 free throws per game. Fifth in the NBA, and again, one free throw more per game. That percentage went down to 70.3. Over the last five games, 26.4 free throws per game. That's second in the league during those five games. 68.9% last in the league. Uh, 3% behind the 29th team, the Wizards. Time of looking this up. So an issue the Lakers were having, and I didn't even realize it was this big, they are getting to the line more and leaving more points on the board the more they go to the line. 
Yes. That's a problem. That was actually, I, I, I noted that. Yeah, it is. Speaking of Russell Westbrook, you know what his free throw percentage is in December? I haven't looked it up. 59%. Yeah. You know what that is? Not bad. crazy weird for Russ, though. Mm, um, he has always been an inconsistent free throw shooter. No, actually, that's is, not no, true. He's been very consistent. This is the third season right now that he is currently shooting 65.6% at the line. Inconsistent, be, meaning he doesn't go in as consistently sure, as he like. But I'm he's just not, saying he's not he's a actually, good free throw. He's actually scarily consistent. He's, he's, he's consistently bad. If you want. <laughs> yes, but yes. If, but. So you have LeBron and you have AD, who doesn't get mm -hmm. the line as much as he should, um, and his free throw percentages have fallen off. And you have and you have Russ, and you know you can be a bad three point shooting team, and offense across the the, the part of this that I I find interesting about their shooting percentages is that offense across the league was way down, way down at the beginning of the year. So where the Lakers were were shooting earlier in the season had them higher up against bad defenses, playing a home heavy schedule, shooting the same thing now drops you as shooting percentages have started to pick up and offense has started to pick up how you rank relative to other teams matters um, because if if you're still shooting 34 percent when other teams are shooting 35 36 whatever over time obviously that starts to hurt you because you know they're going to do that against you too um the free throw thing is like this gets to the like the, the, the holy trinity of their offensive problems you can be a bad free throw shooting team. You can turn the ball over too much. You can be a bad three point shooting team. Any one of those things, you can still have a good offense. When you start to combine all of them, you've got real problems. And the Lakers are not a good free throw shooting team. They haven't been one over, you know, really since the LeBron era began. They turn the ball over too much and have since the LeBron era began. Um, and, you know, the, the three-point shooting certainly hasn't been as prolific or consistent as I think people hoped it would be, certainly not recently. Yeah, anyway. I, and I if you're not, I mean, but, I, but I think this is, a, this is an interesting, this gets to all the stuff. You're right. It really does get to all the stuff that you were talking about with Westbrook and the problems that they have in front of you. So if you're going to have that, you had better be, you know, balls out amazing at the rim. And Westbrook's percentages are down at the rim a little bit. LeBron's percentages are, you know, have 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 fluctuated at the rim. I don't have them in front of me, but like they're he seemed, you know, anecdotally at least, he seems to be missing a few more layups than he used to. His finish doesn't go to the rim as much. He shoots a lot more three pointers. You know, all of that stuff starts to compound. And so if Westbrook slips a little bit at the rim, if LeBron slips a little bit at the rim, if Davis doesn't you know, play as much or get as many free throws or whatever it is, and then those supplementary things that, that Rob Palenka designed to do, you know, the shooting of Wayne Ellington, the, you know, the, the, the attacking of THT, whatever it is, if those things don't make up for those gaps, you're left with a really bad offense. And you know, that gets to some of the Lakers problems. I don't, I, I don't, think they can fix the free throw thing. Russ not going to get not not going to be a better free throw shooter. LeBron is going to shoot what he's going to shoot. The, no, the LeBron, key to LeBron's this I think actually, is Davis. He's fine. I mean, LeBron's yeah. doing fine. Yeah, Davis, the, you know, once he's back needs to be better. 
I so I mean, they're not. I I the I, I don't want to pretend like they're terrible. I don't want to pretend like they don't have a chance to be good again. I don't want to pretend like a team with LeBron James, Anthony Davis, if he comes back healthy, and Russell Westbrook, who should get better over the course of the year, is buried and you know thirty whatever games into the season. But you know, we talked about it. We did radio today for for seven ten ESPN. We talked about like how close do you think they can get to their ceiling right now? You know, if they had a hundred percent chance at the beginning of training camp to reach their peak capabilities, what percentage do you think they could get to now? It's going to be tough. I mean, you don't know for sure until you know when AD is going to be back and if they can finally have some stability. But I mean, they're definitely behind the eight ball. I mean, they've Let's got say they have forty games. Maybe they might have forty games 40, with with all forty the, games. I don't know. Forty games seems optimistic. Oh no, it's not. Yeah, be they won't games. have forty games. It'll be like that's going to be forty games. Thirty. I mean, you know, it's probably closer to thirty. You're right. Yeah, that's. That's going to be tough. That's and that's be also assuming, difficult. by the way, that when AD comes back, everyone else is still there. Right. I mean, the, the biggest advantage I guess they could have in trying to make that happen is the rest of the West is dealing with basically the same stuff they are. So there are a lot of teams sort of cooperating with them. So maybe enough teams are behind the eight ball themselves that it sort of levels out. But it's going to be difficult. There's no way around it. Yeah. And, you know, if you can't play your way into a – it's what it's – it's becoming really critical that the Lakers can find a way to get to that five seed. Because even if you're starting to get it together, if you run into Utah, Phoenix, Golden State in the first round, you may not you you might need that first playoff series against whoever it's going to be to give yourself a chance to kind of play up to that next level. Um, a first round matchup against those dudes would be a tall order to say the least. Man, like you start you start going down the, the Westbrook rabbit hole. It symbolizes so much about everything this team is doing that, you know, it's it's a little DeAndre Jordan-esque. Like he is an avatar for everything that you want to talk about, complain about, hope for, or wish for uh for this team. So there's still a lot. We didn't we'll we'll get to the the questions that we were sent regarding Vogel and um David Fisdale. We can do that uh this week. Um the 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 NBA Andy changed its uh is changing its COVID protocols cutting down the number of days from 10 to 6 for you know their rules but you know asymptomatic players and being able to test out based on their contagious the level of contagion and all that could theoretically maybe help some Lakers get back into the lineup faster we don't know um, but it's at least possible um, so that's something to keep an eye out for um, Magic Johnson and uh, maybe some other people around the organization may not be super thrilled about this new Showtime show on HBO, which makes me much more excited about it. It's going to be um, good. There's a, I want to get into that. I want to make sure we talk about that this week because um, it's kind of fascinating in, in its own right. So uh, the Lakers, never boring, that's for sure. Uh, thanks for making Locked on Lakers your first listen of every day. Uh, make sure you make a second Locked on podcast your second listen and, uh, and subscribe to Locked on Lakers on YouTube as well. See everybody on Wednesday.